You are listening to the Perihelion Podcast Network. Perihelion Creations and NPR Public Affairs presents an original podcast production by critically acclaimed journalist Michael McGrady. The following podcast is a listener-supported podcast. If you're interested in donating to our show, stay tuned for the end of the show to listen to more details on how to support us. Thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Michael, and you're listening to the very first episode of the All About Christmas podcast. Uh, First off, I wanted to apologize. I said end of May to get the show out, but we had a few snafus, uh, including Memorial Day. But uh, we're here and we're ready to do our job to appreciate Christmas and every single celebration associated with the winter solstice and just good spirit, good time. You know, I'm so happy to finally have you all join me with this awesome production crew, um, Danielle and Jose, um, as we embark on this brand new journey to discover the true meaning and the true history behind the Christmas holiday. Uh, Yeah, it might be a little early to be talking about Christmas for some of you, but what makes this podcast special is our dedication to year-long content and respect for one of the most important holidays celebrated by billions of people in the international community. Not only do we want to foster informative historical analysis of the Christmas holiday, we also want to respect all cultures, nationalities, ethnicities, religious beliefs, and sexual identities as we embark on this show. I say this because Christmas isn't just a holiday celebrated by Christians who believe that this was the birth of Jesus Christ. Christmas throughout history and till this day has been a time of celebration, unity, and understanding for all people. And for these reasons, as I said, we want to celebrate this ancient tradition from its pre-Christian origins uh, to its uh, accompaniment to other holy holidays and celebrations held by faiths from all over the world. This is the foundation for this podcast, and I couldn't be happier to welcome you to the celebration of All About Christmas. For this episode, we're we're going to dive right into the history of Christmas, just like any historian or, you know, or you know, someone who likes to read. We need to imagine ourselves as anthropologists, archaeologists, economists, journalists, obviously historians, and other expert other experts from other fields to fully understand the impact of Christmas from the past two millennia. For that, let's consider some basic facts. Depending on your education and when you grew up in the United States, several children are taught a rudimentary history about Christmas. Santa Claus getting coal in their stockings and the birth of Jesus Christ, even in some public schools. However, the so-called quote-unquote history of Christmas is quite revisionist and only tends to cater to the Christian-dominated religious tradition of the United States. It wasn't until more recent decades, roughly the 1990s and the early 2000s, that the historiography and the actual history finally caught up with each other. Of course, by now, Christmas reached its modern form and international celebration of materialism and capitalism. So, at this time, it was important to finally reform the pro-Christian America history, American history and teachings of Christmas and to bring into light the seemingly dark but equally interesting history of how Christmas was loosely based on a pagan holiday and pagan traditions and how the holiday has changed throughout the recorded history of its celebration into similar rites or from similar rites of faith and practice. So keep in mind that I am in no way trying to question anyone's belief in the Bible or uh, their spiritual beliefs as they pertain to Christmas. However, the unblemished truth about Christmas isn't always about a virgin mother giving birth to a star baby or about Santa Claus breaking and entering into someone's home to commit the most festive form of burglary. <laughs> like it or not, uh, the Holy Bible, like 
Several holy texts from the Abrahamic religions are allegorical stories from the Old Testament and the New Testament in order to teach and spread the message of Christ's divinity or, you know, the prophet of that uh, specific faith and its origins. There's no proof that the Bible is a definitive history of humanity. Um, you know, I'll probably get some angry emails about that, but it, it, that, is the, that is the cold hard truth when you think about it. Um, it isn't to say that the Bible isn't a... A reference to historical times or you know historical fiction but it is not necessarily the definitive history considering this the bible often stratifies actual history and scripture for instance some characters live many hundreds of years some live reasonable lifespans in fact most theologians and historians would argue that the bible is merely a holy text that elicits faith into the ideal of christianity and the birth life and death of jesus christ and that's why it's important to note that the Bible, or really any holy text, can't be considered definitive histories, like I said. These books might be based on historical events that may or may not have happened, but ultimately, they are retelling the stories passed down through generations that are subject to changing and reforming. It's a classic case of cultural transmission in the family, the local community, and the society of the times. That's why experts can accurately claim that the first known Christmas ever recorded is a bit of a mystery. The early ancient Christian community distinguished between the identification of Jesus' birth and the liturgical celebration of such an event. The actual observance of Christmas' birthday was in particular long developing. Have in mind that early Christianity considered the celebration of birthdays to be a celebration of evil because it was a tradition in pagan culture. Despite Christ's divinity, even at birth, people are born with original sin. That was tied to a combination of birthdays being tied to the worship of pagan gods, which led earlier adherents to Christianity to consider the celebrations of birth to be such evil. It wasn't until death, according to the church, uh, where more or less people were focused on death and the ascension to heaven. For examples, for example, saints and martyrs in Christianity are typically honored on the days of their deaths, which are the true birthdays from the perspective of the church's hierarchy and traditions. Regardless, the origin of assigning December 25th as the official birth date of Jesus is unclear. Uh, the New Testament in the Bible provides no official clues in this regard either. It wasn't until a Christian historian identified the 25th of September of December as the birth date of Jesus around the year 221. That is, excuse me, that, that historian was named Cestus Julius Africanus. Uh, this date then became the universally accepted date of Christ's birthday. Uh, one widespread explanation of the origin of this date was the Christianization of the Dies Solus Invitinati, uh, Day of the Birth of the Unconquered Son, a uh, popular holiday in the Roman Empire at the time that was celebrated, uh, that celebrated the winter solstice as a symbol of the resurgence of the sun, uh, which cast away winter and the heralding of the rebirth of spring and summer. Um, and as we know, and even in the modern calendar, the winter solstice does fall on December 21st. So that kind of lines, it makes sense. Um, indeed, after December 25th had become widely known as Jesus' birthday, uh, Christian writers frequently made a connection between the rebirth of the sun and the rebirth of the, the sun, <laughs> the son of God. Um, that was based on the influence of Roman theology, Roman um, spirituality, Roman religion, 
and its influence on Christianity in its early days, especially under uh, the Emperor Constantine, who in his own right uh, basically formed the the first known Christian empire, the Holy, well, not necessarily the Holy Roman Empire, but the Western Latin Empire uh, that now reflects, you know, the see of the Pope, the Bishop of Rome, and that that kind of splinters into more Roman history, but it still does correspond to everything we're discussing here. But one of the difficulties with this view is that there's a nonchalant willingness on the part of the Christian or the Catholic Church to appropriate the pagan festival when the early church was so against these beliefs and practices. But that doesn't necessarily negate the spiritual connections, let alone the ability to change you know, people's minds or you know, shift people towards a new sort of way of thinking, especially if it's coming from the end of era for a pagan faith or a Roman faith, you know, the Roman state faith of the, the gods uh, to, you know, the monotheistic faith of Christianity and, um, you know, the the cult around Jesus that derived from early Judaism and, um, you know, his death um, on upon his crucifixion, which is signified by Easter in the Christian church. Um, so either way, you know, if we want to be honest, Christians say that the birth of Christmas, no, the birth of Christ was December 25th. Yes, that's correct. But we also have to understand that this is just another case of, uh, convenience when you think of it, when Christian writers, Christian, uh, philosophers of the early days of the church connected dates and ideals that are already known to the wider population to correspond to teachings and uh, special holidays uh, associated with the church and the life of Jesus Christ. It's actually believed that Jesus Christ was more or less born um, in the summer. That's another theory, that in uh, months in the summer, and that the only reason why, again, uh, December 25th is viewed as the birth of Christ is because of that correspondence to um, the old celebration or the festival of the sun that the Romans and other pagan rites practiced before Christianity had dominated the Latin Empire and well into the Eastern Empire when it split between the West and the East and you know the difference between Rome and Byzantium and uh, led by the Constantinopolis uh, Pope and uh, the creation of the uh, Byzantine Empire. Um, either way the the history here does kind of start to dig into a lot of conflicts and a lot of belief in faith over fact. That isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it, if we want to look at this as logically as possible, the real reason there's such a strong faith and following for Christmas is because of that influence and the dominance of the church over the past Millennia's, and that has um, really tr that has truly um, di directed into a new form of Christianity. That now, no, not a new form of Christianity, but a new form of Christmas that does speak to more of the giving season, the end of the year where everyone's supposed to give alms and gifts and um, respect for the one another. 
Either way, um, you know, next week we're going to dive in more to the biblical and ancient traditions. Um, you know, this was a great intro episode, and I really appreciate you all tuning in. Um, either way, um, this is meant to be a fun show, an informative show, a show about discussion and acceptance and learning. Uh, so if you uh, want to contact us, feel free to uh, email us at, uh, on the email we provide in the show description. Um, I'll be more than happy to reply myself. Um, and thank you again for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, this is uh, the All About Christmas podcast number one. Uh, I'm very, very excited, as I said, and we're going to have a wonderful year leading up to Christmas. We have a lot of great things planned, a lot of history, a lot of traditions we're going to look at. And we hope you have a blessed rest of your summer. Whatever you believe in, you know, we just wish the best. Thank you very much for listening. The All About Christmas podcast was created by Michael McGrady. The podcast is produced by NPR Public Affairs and Perihelion Creations in Monument, Colorado. Stay tuned for our next episode.